Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast, the show that helps runners and athletes in running-based sports transform the way they run. Here's your host, Tyson Popplestone. Guys, Tyson here. I hope you're all doing well. Welcome to episode 141 of the Relaxed Running Podcast. Today, we catch up with Aussie 1500 meter star by the name of Zoe Buckman. If you don't know Zoe, she's a two-time Olympian. She's a mover and a shaker in the world scene when she's at her best, but the last few years have been tough for her with injury. She's just starting to get back into the level of form that we know that she's capable of, and it was exciting to sit down and have a chat with her, not only about how she's found herself back where she is, but a little bit about the highs and lows that comes with uh, being an elite middle distance runner. It was cool to hear a bit more about her uh, her coming back from injury. Uh, this is an inspiring one for those of you who are trying to navigate how to work and how to train and how to keep your body in shape for you know the training that's required to take this to a whole new level. So I really hope you enjoy this one with myself and Zoe Buckman. We've got that in common a little bit. I just assumed you were, uh, you were going to be running around the tan, but what, you're flat out this weekend moving house and getting a few yeah. things up and running in Canberra, are you? Yeah, um, kind of crashed into the weekend. I had training, some K-reps this morning at Stromlo and then had another podcast, coincidentally. Then I had a meeting with my strength coach to start a new program. Um, and then I had a call with a prospective roommate because I'm looking for a new place to live. Everything's quite virtual these days because people yeah. are getting COVID. So that took me all through the day. It was kind of nonstop. And then oh. long run this morning and met a friend. So, yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so like a little bit of peace and quiet thrown in there with your long run. What's a long run for you at the moment? Yeah, um, it's a little bit shorter than normal. I only did 16K this morning because I'm coming back from COVID. So we've had to just build up um, slowly. So I'll get back to probably somewhere between 18 and 22K, probably looking to increase the distance more soon, but yeah. That's right. I forgot you told me we uh, we had to delay it slightly. Well, for those of you listening, uh, Zoe and I, we've been trying to organise a, a podcast date for a little while. I was starting to look like the creep that just kept popping up in your Instagram inbox <laughs> saying, come on, Zoe. It's been, and once I, saw, once I saw Leonora, I was like, all right, I can't let her get away with saying saying no this stuff. You're always very polite, but I thought, okay, I'm pushing the limits a little bit here. But <laughs> but yeah, you got whacked with COVID a couple of weeks yeah. ago. And uh, how's, how's the body feeling? Did it get you good? Yeah. Um. Yeah, still a bit drained. Uh, took me out of action completely for a week really I built back up slowly to 30 minutes of running and then had a week building building on upon that um just started started some low-key sessions again the week after which this week was just, just passed and yeah still just feeling a bit drained so um I think it's just going to take a bit of time be patient yeah, how long ago did you have it now? Because I was, I was funny. I had it, and I got so, I, I like the audience here would be sick of hearing about it, so I won't go on. But I got yeah. whacked. I got so whacked by it for like a day and a half or two days, and then made like a, a decent recovery. And I, I thought like about two weeks later, I was pretty much back at like back at my best. Not that I'm training for anything serious, but it's so interesting to hear how how different people respond to it so differently. So, what was your uh, yeah. what was your little experience like? You obviously had to had to lay low for a for a week or so. Yeah. Um. Well, I was the only one in my house that got it, so it was awkward, a little bit awkward being in isolation myself. But luckily, I didn't give it to my roommates. But um, at least it it came at the best. How do you put it? The best best possible time there's any good time to get COVID because it was right after Leonora I probably got it on the flight back and I was really worried about catching it before Leonora 
So now at least some of the anxiety about getting COVID is gone because it's like, well, I've just had it. I can't can't get it again anytime soon. Um, so yeah, out of the way now and yeah, came after good. the race. Which... That's good. Thank God for that. It's a little bit like that. I uh, so I'm in I'm in Oregon right now. Actually, I'll talk to you a little bit more about that because I saw that you're uh, you're rocking a. A, a big life-size portrait at Hayward Field before the uh, oh. was that you before the before the World Champs this year? No, that laps. I saw that photo. Uh, I think that yeah, is I think that was probably from my freshman year. I've hardly got any eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, um, that that phase when everyone overblocks. So yeah, I was definitely like pretty little then. Yeah. If it makes you feel any better, I didn't notice that at all. I love the okay. fact that that's what you. I love the fact that that's what you took out of that photo. That I I noticed you just look like you were in. You look like you were in the zone. I noticed nothing about eyebrows, but now you've thrown yourself under the bus. I'm going to have to go and have a look at that. So what you uh, were, were you over here for a couple of years uh, at college at Oregon? Yeah, I was there from 2007 to 2011. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's such a good part of the world for running, isn't it? Like I um yeah. I, I felt like my introduction to this place was was through Prefontaine like a lot of people. And then my brother-in-law, he married a uh, an Oregon girl, and I was so happy because it meant that we get to come and stay here and spend a little bit of time in town. We're in a we're in a place called Central Point, which is I think I, I could be so wrong, but I think it's about seven maybe 7 hours south, I want to say of Portland and maybe still a couple of hours away from Eugene. So I haven't had a heap of time out there, but I'm, I mean, the, the running reputation just seems to be in the air here from sort of like the, the seventies and, and eighties with pre setting the, uh, setting the trip. What was that like? What was your, what was your college experience like over here? Yeah. Um, it's just a really friendly town and had that feel of the track community. Um, and just so many links with people. I mean, just the other day I was with my strength coach and he knew some Australians who, I was friends with there. One of the Australians was on the track team back in the seventies, and um, yeah, it's just such a deep history of running. That's crazy. There. I had no idea so, it sort of went back to the seventies with Aussie runners being over here. Yeah, so he was knowledge. a jumper. Yeah. Ah, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I honestly thought that it was a Prefontaine got the party started, and then from there everyone decided, all right, it's the place to be. But uh, man, it would have been what two thousand and. Did you say 2011 to uh, 2007 to 2011 you were here? Yeah, I feel ancient when I say that, but yeah. <laughs> I, yeah you would have been uh, you would have been training with some some pretty some pretty nice athletes around that time, were you? Like who was who was in the group at the, yeah. the time you were over here? Yeah, a few names people would know: Galen Rupp, Andrew yeah. Weeding, Jordan Hasse, uh, think, uh, some sprinters, Keisha Baker. Uh, oh, Ash Neaton and Brianne Tyson. So yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. nice. Oh, that's very good. And at the moment, you said you're um you're back in Canberra. Are you training with Dick Telford there, or no? I'm with Jared Ryan. So, uh-huh. Yeah, he's Jer- um he was a three thirty eight runner back when he was running. Yeah, very nice. And so you did you go up to Canberra to to, to train with him? Um, what happened was I was in Sydney in two nineteen through two twenty. Then COVID hit, and I was in the I was in an, um, a private industry uh, so I, unfortunately I lost my job because it, um, it involved working with kids in schools um, so I was in a bit of a no man's land I went to the Blue Mountains for a few months where my mum has a house and then just thought about the next step and just thought it made sense to move to Canberra to look for work because I have fan, had 
have family here and lots of old friends. So that's how I ended up here and then um, contacted Jared towards the end of 220. I think it was after I'd, I'd broken my wrist. So I came to him a bit of a wreck and I think he was a bit surprised. But yeah, it's it's taken time to build build that coaching relationship. It's going well. Yeah, sure. You mean a wreck in terms of injuries and things that you've brought along with you or just in terms of just navigating your way through a difficult part of life? Yeah, a bit of both. Um, I, I was... My middle legs were pretty healthy at the end of 220, but um, I think he was a bit surprised to see me. Thought, like many people thought I'd retired, um, and he just just wasn't sure if he if he um, could help me a lot, help me back, get back to my best, which is understandable. Um, so yeah, in that sense, I was I'd just been out of it for 219. I hadn't competed since the end of two, 218, so. It's a bit of a wreck in that um, just had a lot of work to do ahead of me. Yeah, it's such yeah. a it's such a strange experience. I know you copped it pretty sweet with with injuries through that period, didn't you? Because I remember, I remember, I think even when I initially uh, reached out to you, I said, "Hey, come on." You said, "Hey, I haven't been doing that much the last little while, <laughs> but we're just waiting uh, and and see." Oh, I can't. Even, to be honest, I can't remember that. Oh, oh, that's, yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't keep bringing it up, to be honest, because uh, I could have got away with the oh. fact I've shot you a couple of messages saying to come on. Oh, I just <laughs> fob, fobbed you off. Sorry about that. Oh, no, well we just had not much to say for myself or something. No, that's completely fine. But I remember uh, in the in the response, you said that you know there hadn't been a heap going on the last couple of years. And I just assumed that meant uh, injuries. Like I hadn't, I hadn't known a whole heap of like the intricate details of what you were going through. Why I didn't see your name on the start list and things like that. But what was it? Like you were, were you dealing with uh, a heap of different injuries or? Yeah, no, just the, I mean, I regret that it's taken so long to get back to this point, but I think 218 and 219, I just had this Achilles tendonitis, which raged on. Mm. So, so, so many different people about it. Um, didn't help that I, I wasn't very settled uh, moved from Melbourne to the US briefly to Sydney and then 220 uh, I just um, I started started coming good from that um, and started building back but um, I had that stress of looking for work mm. just as COVID hit um, and then broke my wrist and had needed two surgeries and that's all bled into 221 um, so I think you, maybe you messaged during that time yeah it, it does sound about yeah. right it was, it was a little yeah, while ago so it was all snowballing a bit to be honest I think yeah. when I when I fell and broke my wrist I was just exhausted from doing all these interviews and, and just trying to just repatch my life again so yeah I don't mean to sound dramatic but that was yeah a lot a lot of stuff yeah it definitely doesn't sound dramatic it's one of those things as well especially when you're competing at the level that you are like the amount of time and effort and like emotion that goes into the the performance it is it's i even noticed that because i fin finished competitive running in i think it was like 2013 or 2014 and the first thing i noticed was like oh my gosh like i've got this massive hole of time in my life that i don't really know what to fill it with and it was I, honestly like I, I felt like it sort of took 12 or 18 months to to really find my feet so i feel like i can appreciate the you know, the frustration and I wasn't competing anywhere near the level that, that you were at. Now that's the beauty of, of, you know, this podcast is I've had the chance to speak to so many, so many guns who uh, I just find it interesting picking their brains around just navigating the difficult periods in their, their career. Cause so many, like the, the majority from what I can tell of, of the listeners here are more community runners. And uh, I think the, the more personal stories of people just getting over the, the difficulties and trying to navigate work-life balance really seem to, 
to hit home. And I, I always wonder whether that's just because, you know, it's not something a lot of athletes voice. So when they hear yeah. it, it's like, all right, well, if Zoe Buckman's going through some of these challenges, well, I'm probably in pretty good company then. Maybe it's uh, it's not the end of the road. So yeah, how do you, how did you navigate that? Like, are you yeah. a, cause oh, it's, yeah, yeah, there's sorry. a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different approaches that, that people are taking now. So I was curious just to hear a little about your mindset and about just how you navigated those, those tough few years. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's reassuring here. You've, you had a, a hard time with that too. Um, I think it all hit me quite hard, to be honest. And um, yeah, it was just hard going from, I sort of held on, tried to hold on to that lifestyle 218. And then um, went to the US briefly because I, ha- I have friends there. and I thought that was sort of the magic bullet to get my career going again. Um, and then that Achilles problem raged on. And then 219 started out full-time work which is a big shock to the system yes. um I mean it wasn't it wasn't the smoothest start because I, I I mean I was going to work in this office with no windows um it's just such such a dramatic drastic oh. change from being out running in the morning and then having gym in the afternoon and, and yeah. going to sunny places like it's sort of all taken for granted um, so I would say that it took me time to slowly adapt to that lifestyle. Um, but I think people, the people talk about others, adaptiveness is a trait, but I think it's something you can develop over time, just through going through these ups and downs. Um, and just I think what I've learned over that period is that things, as my, my coach Jared said to me at the end of last year, he said, don't have to be happy all the time. You just you just have to keep going. And so now I've just gotten through some really hard times um, in that transition. But I, I just know they never last. Things, things yeah. get better. Yeah, that's such a nice attitude to take as well. I, I find that I'm 35 now. And, and I often think like when I was 13 or 14, if you go through like a, a period of anxiety or of stress or whatever uh, highs and lows are thrown your way, it feels like the end of the world. And I mean, to a 13 or 14 year old, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of truth there, but, but in the last sort of 20 years or 22 years since then, there's, there's so many uh, little situations that just give you opportunities to, to really be able to just thicken that skin and develop new strategies. And I often feel now, like, obviously I've got so much work to learn, but uh, so much to learn and so much more work to do. But, but one of the things I noticed, just like you said, is there's, there's, there's always like a, a silver lining. There's a grass is greener. There's, there's something on the other side. And, and usually like when you, when you walk out that other side with those new tools, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but certainly for me, I uh, always feel a little bit grateful for it. Like I'm, I feel a little bit more resilient, a little bit more bulletproof. Like, is there a, the, the, when I look at your story, there, there seems as though there must be a little bit of bulletproof uh, coming through with you because you, you've been able to turn it around and you, you look fit and healthy and you, you're starting to race well again. And, um, for yeah. me, it just makes me curious because it's like a, uh, it's a little rock star story, like the return. And I'm just curious to, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that. Like, it, where do you feel you are in, in terms of, um, you know, your peak fitness and, and in terms of your ability to be able to navigate just those little difficult patches when they, uh, when they poke their heads up? Yeah. Um, well, I'm more confident than I was earlier this year because now I've had this, had two races back where I've run a PB um, got the win in Leonora, gets a good field. And um, the thing is that I, I feel like I, it's still a work in progress. I'm actually looking at um, changing my workout slightly so I could have one day off in the middle of the week to recover better because I feel like I haven't even reached 
um, my full training capacity yet. Um, yeah, I've, I haven't done things like heel sessions and my recovery, it's it still hasn't been great. Like sometimes, I mean, I know it's tough training, but when you're training with full-time work, you need even more, I feel like you need even more self-discipline and self-care. But um, yeah, I guess those recent results surprised me a bit because for instance, with Leonora, I know we've got these super shoes now, but the time was comparable to when I ran, when I won there in 2013 as a full-time athlete and obviously in really good shape then. So um, given that there's still a lot of, lot more I can, I can do in training, I can increase my volume, I can do better sessions if I'm recovering better, I, I can um, start heels. I've been doing quite a bit on my own, so you get a bit more benefit from running people. There's just much more to tap into. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's quite – it gives me confidence to keep going, and that confidence um, I was was lacking the last few years, like questioning if I could still do it. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah, it's always hard to build any kind of confidence when you're not getting results on the board, isn't it? Like when you don't even have the opportunity to get results on the board. But, um, like, did you know going to Leonora that you're going to be a fair a, a fair chance to win the race, or was it a surprise to you? Or, like, how much did you yeah. know before you were, before you crossed the finish line? Yeah, um, I knew that it would be tough to win. Now, I just run 15.04. I heard she closed in 64. Training overseas, and obviously on the podium, nationals in about three events. So it would be tough but not impossible. Um, I think my coach knew. I'd, he said to me after one session that, oh, you know, you've just run um, – you just finished in a 63 400 at the end of this big session you'll be hard to beat and I kind of thought oh yeah maybe but then I think back to training sessions I used to do and maybe it's hard to compare but I kind of thought yeah yeah I'll just um yeah I guess I just back myself try to try to stay positive maybe a little bit more desperate after what I've been through to to win and um yeah so it wasn't a complete surprise but um it was never like it was, it was never like a, a really strong shot I didn't think I was a, I was the favorite put it that yeah. way yeah it's a nice it's a nice little place to be surprised like that isn't it because I know in the world of running not too many uh too many races in Australia throw that kind of money your way either so it's a yeah like a little bit surreal because you sort of you try and have positive thoughts before and those dreamlike images come to your mind where you're sort of winning the race but in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, you know, wouldn't that be great? And then it actually happens. Like, oh, wow. That's unreal. Cool. So do you do that consciously before you start? Like you, you just mentioned that you, you try and develop some positive, or you're trying to have some positive thoughts about the race, or is that just you trying to get yourself into a, uh, into a good race mindset subconsciously? Like it's all, yeah. that, that mental side of race preparation is interesting because, because some people love to, I used to have a mate, uh, Kale Simons. He was a, I think he'd run 803 and, maybe 343. So he's a pretty solid as a youngster. And uh, he used to run so well if he got himself super angry. And I used to always, oh. like I'm the opposite. If I'm so angry going to a training session, there was there was very few times where I, I nailed that training session. I just didn't seem to run well with the stress of like being frustrated in my system. Like if me and my wife had a fight before I went down to training, I was like, oh, this is going to be an interesting session. Um, oh. Yeah. What about yourself? So is that something that you're you're quite focused on, you know, as yeah. just before the gun's about to go? 
No, it just happened subconsciously. I remember, I mean, for instance, in college, the ultimate dream was winning NCAAs. So I, maybe just having that goal to work towards, it just generates that that positive imagery. I mean, it's better than, than the alternative. I think maybe it, sometimes it counteracts that sometimes the negative imagery comes up. You think, you know, something drastic, dramatic happens. It's probably very unlikely. Like, oh, you pull a muscle and then you kind of think, oh, no, that's not going to happen. And then, oh, I don't know. It's, it's just a whole, it's maybe an interesting process. Sports psychologists would know more about than me. But, um, yeah, uh, I remember I've, you were speaking about having a bad day. Um, had, I've had the odd bad day at work, as, which happens to everyone, and had a good session um, after that, maybe because I just thought, oh, I've got to redeem this day. <laughs> what are you doing for work at the moment? Are you, are you still in schools or are you back in schools? Schools? No, um, I've gone public now, so public service. I'm at Department of Health. Yep in grant design and advice. So I started there as a contractor, now I'm permanent, um, but it leaves doors open for other avenues in health and the public service. So oh, you, would have, um, you would have had your I'm, hands full the last couple of years. Oh, no. Well, yeah, I was out of work for a period because of, because of moving and then COVID and, and that wrist like, made it hard to type or anything. So, yeah, I so, yeah, started out service australia in 221 then transferred to department of health but it is very busy there's a lot been a lot of um, emergency grants the flood floods and a lot of covid stuff and aged care so yeah it's, it's never it's never a dull dull slow day yeah i can imagine well, you mentioned a couple of times you've been doing a bit of work with your with your strength coach at the moment you were um, the other thing I was going to talk to you about was you were you were mentioning sort of readjusting or, or altering some of the training sessions that you were um, that you're looking at. I tell you both of those because I don't want to forget both of them in a minute. So now you're responsible to remember as well. But the, the one I wanted to to pick your brain about was the um, the strength and conditioning side of things. I just had Angelo Gingerelli, who's uh, from New Jersey, on the podcast yesterday. That'll come out on Monday, and it was a, a really interesting chat. And I was explaining to him that it's fascinating just to hear from different athletes around the way they structure their strength and conditioning training. Cause there seems to be so many different approaches to it. Um, like what does your strength routine look like now? And is that sort of uh, like a constant part of your training or something that you've sort of developed the last couple of years trying to build your way through these injuries? Yeah. Um, I only got back onto having a strength coach earlier this year. It's felt like um, need to make sure I could, be bulletproof injuries and, and just do 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 whatever I can to um, put to make myself strong. Yeah, sorry, I've just said that. Um, but yeah, um, I used to work with the VIS coaches and, and this coach, um, Adrian Faccioni is his name. He 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 said to me at the start, look, strength. He gets the running. The strength program won't make you um, suddenly faster or, or bigger and stronger the main focus is injury prevention Um, so we focus a lot on um, we're focusing more now on functional movement and the exercises they're they're quite simple and and enjoyable which I like Um, and so it's a bit different to my last approach with the institute coaches Um, 
he takes on board feedback if I don't like a particular exercise like just now this recent program I, I gave him some feedback I because he asked it um I said basically I, I don't I don't enjoy the arm stuff doing too much arm stuff yeah as a runner. I've, I haven't done the three sets I've been doing two because I've been fatigued <laughs> yeah. and so he's found a way to sneak in upper body stuff while I while I'm doing a core or a leg exercise. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, which is funny. I think that's clever because then I need to keep my upper body strong because um, got to, I have a bit of a torso rotation and you, you lose, you're not running. Oh, it's, I don't want to get too technical here, but, um, you know, you just want to be, you have good arm drive and be um, not losing momentum through, um, yeah, no, that makes going, you know the sideways, but yeah, the main thing is injury prevention, um, and not and making sure it doesn't take away from the running. Yeah, really. Yeah, so sure. he really gets that, which is good. Yeah, when you say take away from the running, do you mean not build the muscles up in a way that's not going to be beneficial to your running performance, or in terms of just the 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 times that you structure your harder sessions around your strength sessions? Yeah, um, I mean, just not doing too much in the gym that you you can't get your sessions done i mean there's always going to be a bit of fatigue and soreness but um making sure it doesn't detract from that um that's that's a thing and yeah yeah, yeah that being makes very sense. specific to running so do you do the your muscle gym... groups you need yeah yeah sorry to interrupt you there do you do, you do no, your gym sessions on on the same days that you do your your more difficult running sessions or do you sort of have your hard running sessions and then alternate that like the next day with an easy run in the gym session. Yeah, I used to, I mean, when I was a professional full-time athlete, I would do the hard days hard, but I haven't had that choice lately because um, for instance, with my sessions, um, I would, I would do them really later in the day because it's work, work going really early um, is hard, especially in Canberra to, to get the body firing at an intensity so for instance monday i would do a threshold after work and then i'm done at by 6 30 i'm cooked so i don't want to go to the gym after that um wednesday do track in the evening saturday i'll do it off maybe after, after a saturday session to try to fit in two sessions a week the other day um i try to have a day off or a very light day so because of because of the work hours i kind of use that that day to do the second gym session or maybe a Thursday but um because I'm looking at changing my workout slightly so working four longer days and doing having a day off on a Wednesday then it's possible my coach could meet me on Wednesday morning do the intense session then do gym in the afternoon afternoon and then recover to me that's just going to be like ah, what a luxury to get get it done during the day yeah yeah that's so interesting I love that I love that it's like just, just have a really hard big day and then just enjoy the uh, enjoy the opportunity to put the feet up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So just when I can fit it in, um, but yeah, looking to make life a little bit easier in that regard. Because the worst thing happens is um, if something else comes up during the week, it can be hard to fit in that that other gym session, and then you've just got the weekend. So it's important. Then. Yeah, yeah. Are you thinking about uh, getting over to Europe anytime? Yeah. Um. Not. This season, unfortunately, I think it's too late. Um, yeah, maybe next season, but I've just got to put in some training and yeah, um, 
yeah, hadn't even really thought about it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah fortunately, yeah. Isn't that I funny? I missed the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a little again a little bit late, but it sounds like you've uh, you've missed the boat in a good way. Like you're getting uh, fit and strong for for hopefully next season. It sounds like Gerard's. Uh, is it? You said Gerard, Jared. isn't it? Jared, no, Jared, yeah. Jared, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like Jared's done a, a great job getting you uh getting you into some good shape. Has he got a, a lot of athletes that he coaches or yeah. is it is it sort of just more a one-on-one situation? Yeah, no, he's got um quite a big group of school to uni aged athletes. So um recently had uh yeah, a guy in the 10K who's he's quite young, he's only about 20 who placed at New South Wales Champs, so he's still developing them. Um but yeah, he's because he's a school teacher. Um, he, he's just acquired a lot of athletes over time from world of mouth. So word of mouth. So generally, younger athletes. There is one older guy that comes along sometimes, but um, yeah, because their training's a bit, bit less than what I'm doing. Um, he tends to come with me on the bike once or twice a week. Yeah, but sure. over time we might um, look to have me when maybe when I'm doing more speed sessions integrate it more with those younger boys yeah 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 that's a good way to do it it sounds like you've uh, you got yourself a good little balance so are you doing are you doing two solid sessions a week in terms of intensity is that yeah. I've been trying to pick it out of your uh, out of what you're saying so two solid sessions yeah uh, a rest day slash easy day and then just some longer slower runs on the others yeah um no well I was I am doing two sessions right now because I got COVID but I was I built I started doing three sessions a month, or five weeks before Leonora, up until that run the tan race. I was doing two, but then what happened was, um, Jared said, "Okay, well, you want to run this mile? You've only run three ten pace. You got to do something a bit quicker to wake up the body." All right, but I said to him, "Oh, but I we're going to do shorter intervals on the track, okay?" I need to keep my threshold in here, in there. And so that's when that came in on a Monday. But because I've got the Sunday run, just means I can't go too hard on Sunday run or Monday. I could just not kill myself because they're back to back. Yeah. Um, and then the best day for him to meet is Wednesday. So I'm going to do another week of two sessions, second week, and then get hopefully be done and dusted with this COVID recovery and be back, get back onto three. Yeah, so you feel like you're uh, almost almost out of it in terms of how your body's feeling now. Yeah, uh, a little bit up and down, but um, yeah, I think just take a few more days. So it's good that he holds me back a bit because initially, as an athlete, you want to just get back to what you were doing before as soon as possible. But he'd say, like, because the week I was sick, I ran only forty k, and I said, "Oh, what do you think for next week, k?" Uh, 80k no you can't just double it oh yeah you're right (laughs) you're a true distance runner you're a true distance yeah ready for more no i love it i love it i feel like that was like the the constant that i that i had to keep coming back and learning it was like all right i'm always happy to do more but my improvement was always going to come through just being sort of uh you know pushed back a little bit and just go hey just take your time let's build up slowly yeah yeah it's um yeah it's it's interesting this whole covid thing like i know it wasn't directly related to COVID, but it's been a, it's been a real bummer just to, to watch Stewie McSwain struggle this season with his, um, with his issues around his heart, uh, trying yeah. to get back into some good form. I've, it's such as a, I mean, he's, he's such a freak. Hopefully it's not too far away to, to see him back at his best, but um, yeah, it's, 
in terms of just dealing with the frustration, it's it's interesting. That you can even look at a bloke like you know, a, a, you know, you're competing at an elite level. He's at an elite level. A bloke like him who, uh, at the peak of his game, has now been forced to you know deal with the frustration of, of having this setback. So it's funny you can. I don't know if you do this, but yeah, you can sometimes look at athletes and assume that you know they're never going to get a taste of what it feels like to have to navigate through like a frustrating period. Um, I don't know if you've had much to do with Stewie the last couple of months or, or how he's going. Uh, but yeah, have you have you heard, sort of heard much about how he's progressing at the moment? No, I haven't. Um, I just I hope he's okay. It's it'd be so frustrating because this year was such a big year. With, it is such a big year with Com Games and World Champs, but he's still really young and. Um, being a distance runner, they can just, they can go, they can have very long careers. So just think the main thing is he can get healthy and, and bounce back. But yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, injury and illness is all, is all part of sport. But yeah, I hope he's part. okay. The, the young guy that Jared coaches, I've told him that he, he reminds me a bit of Stewie, just something about he's, he's quite talkative and, and yeah, very friendly and, and um, yeah, just the, the, sort of tall and yeah 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 really yeah. really nice guy like just easy to chat to yeah beautiful beautiful i tell you like the only the the ollie Hoare mile record the other day would have added a little bit more fuel to the fire as well i reckon because i thought did you see that i watched Stewie break the mile record last year and i thought oh that one's going to stand for a long long time then i saw ollie go out a couple of weeks ago i thought oh my goodness i can't believe how fast us aussies are running i say us aussies because i want to yeah. be a part of it <laughs> it's been amazing yeah. to see how quickly the aussie boys and and the girls have, have been running on the internet yeah circuit. i think it's it's harder it's you you sort of you're proud of them but when you're down yourself on the sidelines yeah. it's it's a bit of sweet kind of that sort of thing yeah. yeah, I get but that. But yeah, like you said, adding fuel to the fire, maybe keep him hungry. I mean, he's always hungry, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, physically and uh, as a metaphor, I remember the first interview we did. We uh, we met down at a um, we met down at a subway, and I've never seen a bloke just put down a meatball foot long sub as easy as Stewie Mac did. And I thought, oh my goodness, like I don't know where that goes because there's absolutely no meat on his bones. So. Um, yeah. yeah, well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed we see him in the next couple of months. What's uh, what's sort of your plan the next few months in terms of obviously you're saying you're, you're getting back to full fitness, you'll start increasing your sessions, but in terms of racing and um, and things like that, what's uh, what's on the horizon? Yeah, um, well, nothing until August. What's happening? Um, my coach has proposed the idea of, this is long way, the 10K uh, national, cross-country nationals. Yeah, come on. Strong. Yes. Yeah, Um. So gonna make a call mid July about that. Just got to get it, get back to full training. But I guess my thoughts on it are: I'd like to run the Noosa Bolt 5K, which is not till end of October. But my thinking with the mile initially was to do the tan race because it's above that distance and helps your strength. So you got to um, it's like you got to kind of do your homework. Um, yeah. But yeah, other than that, there's there's the short course. New South Wales Short Course Cross Country Championships in August, I believe. That'd be a 5K. Nice distance for me. Yeah. Also thinking about a 3K on the track here in Canberra. Um, we'd have to set it up with some guys to help pace, going for going for a PB or something close to it. That What's your PB? Good. 852. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's exciting. Oh, gee, so, I hope you're uh, – I'll keep us posted on when that one's gone ahead because I'll uh, – 
I'll be a little cheer squad from uh, from Victoria. I'll be pumped to to see how that goes. So eight fifty sub eight fifty, huh? Maybe on the horizon. Oh yeah. Oh, well, I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm putting words nine, in your mouth. But... Yeah, look at me. Yeah, I'm getting all um... excited. Sorry, I don't mean to add any more pressure to you. Just oh no, sub eight fifty is probably <laughs> a bit bit dear to to put out there. Um, yeah. For the first three k back on the track. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I... Yeah, I guess when you're talking about trying to get any PB, that's almost sub eight fifty. But might take might take a couple of races to get to that for sure sort of it's, level yeah it's so much but easier some, yeah. I, I, would have, I would have hated someone doing that to me when i was racing just go i like to go under the radar and if i came out and ran a big race like good for me so i'm so glad that the uh the, the this particular situation is just me getting to sprout what times i think you're going to run in the next couple of weeks and, oh uh, no i, don't know I should have said anything <laughs> sub nine maybe just... come on come on sub nine for sure no that's exciting just really nice fitness. Yeah, and then what used the um use the sort of winter season, cross country season is just an opportunity to keep building that base, and then maybe, maybe next year we'll uh, we'll see you towing the line somewhere in Europe. Yeah, we'll probably start track fairly early, given that I've been out of it for so long. I mean, obviously we've got to keep the training up, train through races, but um, yeah, probably start, yeah, October November. Um, do that Noosa K, oh, Noosa 5K race. Yeah, that looks so good, that race. every I've never actually yeah. done it, but I've seen the photos, and every year I go, man, I just it just makes me want to get a tan and go to Noosa. Yeah. It's such a, cool, such a cool part of the world as well, isn't it? Yeah, I've done it a couple of times. Yeah. La- oh, that was actually the last race I did before I had that long time off. Yeah. Was the Noosa Bolt? Yeah, and that, it was funny because Nat Rule and Melissa Duncan were there, and – they placed just ahead of me. And then um, next time I raced them was was the last race. So the next road race I did was with them. So, yeah. What was it like in Leonora? It looks like such a strange town. I've never been there either. But at, uh, like what the biggest event of the year must be the Leonora Mile, is it? The biggest event? Of the, oh, in that town. Yeah. Um, they must do it to help give the town a, a boost. Um, yeah, it's it's – I've heard it's gone downhill the last few years. That's what the organizer told us. Yeah. It is rough. Um, there's a bit of a drug problem. Um, yeah, we saw a high-speed car chase there. Um, yeah, it was just so random. <laughs> um, but I had, it was a really group there this year. Um, Nat, Melissa, a um, few guys that I met from WA that are um, around my age because I'm 33, so... But yeah, um, we just I hung around with Nat a lot, and she was really good company. We just had a lot of laughs, even though we're in this really, de- really desolate place in the middle of nowhere, and, and <laughs> yeah. things could be a bit rough. But yeah, it was fun. We met, yeah, met met a band. And yes. Just, yeah, really good company. Uh, that's awesome. So what? That's at the end of um. That's at the end of the race. Like that night, there's a bit of a, a bit of a, a gathering. Is there a bit of a get together? Just where the yeah. hopefully you're not going out before your race and uh, and meeting the band. <laughs> no, no, they were just around. It was weird because we were in this room before the heat, and that these musicians were there drinking whiskey. It's just it's funny that we we're kind of ming- <laughs> not mingling, but in the, just we're preparing for races. They were doing that. Yeah. Um, no, we didn't do much after the final. We just had dinner and, and flew out. Um, yeah, no, not much going on. There was a breakfast in the morning where we saw a bit more of the town, this historical um, miners' cottage, and had some views. That was nice just to get out of the little complex. Yeah. 
Yeah. What did you say? Did you um did you spend a couple of days there? Or it's just the one night. Yeah, it probably felt like a couple of days. No, we were there. <laughs> Got in Saturday morning, raced Saturday night, and then flew out Sunday night. But yeah. we had a lot of free time because we didn't have reception or internet. So yeah, it felt like felt like quite a long time. <laughs> no Instagram. That's that's uh that's a teenager. That's a teenager's nightmare at the moment, isn't it? How do you uh, do? You feel like you're 11 again? <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind it. Um, yeah, just just it can be very distracting when you have your phone on you all the time and just yeah. being able to like channel that out. Oh, some people I think struggled with it, but um, it's, it's kind of good in a way. But a little bit frustrating at times. You wanted to contact your coach or someone. And yeah, for sure. Do a quick hotspot with someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, awesome. So, well, wait, I'm not going to hold you up too much longer. I, uh, I want you to go out and enjoy it. What is it Sat Sunday over there? It's so funny. I'm so bad at keeping track of, of well, like I've been here yeah, a week. I should too. know by now. It's what is it Sunday for you? Saturday? Yeah, Sunday night afternoon. For me. Yeah, yeah, I know. I haven't traveled much lately either. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, I, was, I spent so long just trying to do the numbers in my head before we organized this because it's 9 20 p.m. here. And I was, uh, I kept going back to my my iPhone just to look at the world map, world clock to make sure I uh, nailed the time, so you weren't just sitting here waiting by yourself. But I'm so glad we uh, we finally got a chance to sit down and have a chat, and I'm I'm really pumped for you. I'm, I'm pumped to see the next few months come together, and, and really hoping for some uh, some good solid health and, and some fast times for you. Yeah, fingers crossed. It all keeps going well. Yeah, awesome. do everything I can. Yeah. Yeah, we'll touch base again soon. Hey, thanks so much for coming. I'll, uh, I'll leave you to it and uh, I'll say goodbye to you and I'll say goodbye to everyone else. I'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Relaxed Running Podcast. If you're ready to become a faster, more efficient runner, visit www.relaxedrunning.com 